0: Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. Amen. Please be seated. I had read that some years ago um, that I read some years ago that Ted Williams, the legendary baseball player. Um, when he died, had decided to become cryogenically frozen. An expectation that one day science would would develop to the point in which he could just come back to life. And I googled this, and in fact, you can, in fact, freeze yourself in hopes that one day you might be able to come back to life. Some researchers are studying whether it's possible for us to simply download our memories and our soul onto a flash drive to one day be uploaded into something that is new and returned. And while these questions about, is it possible for us to live forever is the stuff that science fiction loves to think about and write great stories on, the reality is, is that this desire to live and have eternal life is something that humans have long sort of wanted. Father Bertie Peterson writes, what does it mean to have eternal life? Is this simply going to heaven and living forever? Intuitively, it seems that eternal life is like this unlimited number of days. Our lives extended over an infinite expanse of time, but he says that's not actually what eternal life is. The difference between mortal life and eternal life, he says, is not a difference of quantity. Not just a question of living 80 years versus a trillion years, but a categorical difference. Eternal life is something totally and, eter- and utterly different from mortal life. The ancient world in which Jesus is born into in preaching in ministry and preaching about this eternal life was not unfamiliar with this question. Now, the Greek goddess of dawn... Um, was fallen in, had fallen in love with a prince of Troy. And so she goes to Zeus and she asks Zeus to make the prince of Troy to live eternally. Now, Zeus, rather than making the prince of Troy into some sort of a, a Greek god, he just made him a human being that would never die. Thus, he went from this 20-something prince to suddenly being someone who was 40 and had a dad bod. And then he's in his 70s and 90s, 150s, 380s, and he grew smaller and smaller. The ancient poem says that when loathsome old age passed full upon him and he could not move nor lift his limbs, um, he became nothing but a tiny creaking voice, something maybe similar to Yoda. To the ancient Greeks, the idea of living for every eternal life just sounded like an endless life of nothing but cataract surgeries and colonoscopies. And they wanted no part of it. But the Christian concept and idea of eternal life is something that is totally different. The things that we value in this life... Things like being loved, friendship, peace, joy, justice, goodness, they're all seems to us like diverse goals that we spend our lives pursuing. According to many of the early church fathers and mothers, however, these were not separate goals, but they were all one thing, the living experience of God that we got in glimpses of all of those streams Now, you probably, if you're smart enough, know that you're not supposed to look directly at the sun because it will damage your eyes. But theoretically, if you were to try to look into the sun, you would suddenly not be able to see because the light was so bright that it blinded you. Now... If you, now if we think about it differently, like if you go and you look through a prism, I remember a few years ago when we had that eclipse, um, Jeff Plummer and I were sitting at lunch when the eclipse was happening and he had got like this prism of glass that we could look through and we could watch the, um, that we could watch it happening, that suddenly you can look at something really bright. And the things in this world that we are seeking for we can suddenly see much more clearly. We can experience God's actions through this prism of life, in which we experience those things like goodness, and beauty, and justice. These are certainly not gods, nor are they essence of God, but instead they are glimpses, or shadows, or reflections of God's light. In this life, we may see God in this distant way, and we have signs of his presence, and those are our deepest desires. If you could have infinite joy, how much would you sell it for? Unless you were sacrificing your own joy for the sake of another, who would ever give up this perfection for the sake of money? The same is true knowing that the death of how much you are loved, of seeing the infinite beauty of every person, of every, every object, or having perfect justice or perfect peace, why would anybody ever give those things up? We chase after the perfect beauty in something that we can buy. We seek perfect peace in the ultimate vacation, the idyllic home, but we end up with misconnections and Realize that home ownership is more often broken HVAC systems than it is peace. We never really get to perfection. Eternal life is not a limitless number of days, but instead it is an in-your-face experience of God. It is knowing God without uh, mediation and without limitation. In today's gospel, Jesus says that eternal life is neither a thing to be pursued, nor is it to be acquired, nor is it a place that we go when we die. Instead, eternal life is Jesus. He says, those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. My flesh is food, and my blood is food to drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood, I will abide in them and they in me. We are given mortal life through mortal food and drink. We are kept alive day by day by pizza and Pepsi, by eggs and milk, and by bread and wine. You can increase or you can decrease your consumption, but you give up food and drink for all of Lent, you might not make it to Easter. Lettuce is in the process of dying. Salami is long dead. Those mortal foods bring dying life into our body. When we eat the flesh of Christ and we drink the blood of Christ, we are not consuming death to live another day, but rather we are fed the bread of life itself. We are being changed by the body of Christ, transformed into the body of Christ to become the body of Christ through his flesh, and his blood. When Christ came to us in his birth, the Word of God, the Son of God, Jesus, was with us and near us. The children of playgrounds in Nazareth knew him and received him as the body of Christ through loving him. Men and women, Move my, lost my page. Men and women in the streets of Jerusalem receive the body of Christ by touching him and receiving healing from him. And When we read that the word of God, we meet Jesus in the flesh. We receive God the Son, not in darkness or through a prism, but in the living flesh and blood. Those of us who become part of his body through baptism receive his flesh in the form of bread and his blood in the form of the chalice. Some of us do this daily or weekly, others who are far from church or maybe only have a priest occasionally, but others still like the great hermit of St. Mary of Egypt once or twice in their lives. Whenever it is that we meet God in his son, meeting God in the flesh and blood which we are given as gifts of eternal life, not just after death but eternal life here and now. We are allowed a glimpse into God's reality, into this ravishing beauty, into astonishing order of the peace and grace and mercy and the depth of God's love for us. We are made aware of the true reality that our Heavenly Father has for us. The Lord Jesus invites you into this reality to receive him in the flesh, to know him in the words of Holy Scripture, to know him in your prayers in the partaking of the body and blood in the sacrament of Holy Communion. Eternal life, unmediated life, the fullness of God is yours for the asking here and now. Will you trust Jesus enough to let him feed you? Amen.